Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everyone, what is up? It's me, Ewan, from What Culture Star Wars. And well, it's finally here. The Mandalorian season two finale dropped and it packed a massive crash bang and wallop, resolving arcs, introducing terrifying new enemies, and even including a bombshell of a cameo, plus teasers for future seasons. With me today to talk about the episode is Ben Roy Turner. Say hi, Ben Roy. Beep, boop, beep. That is hello, Android. That is Hello Android. And of course, the season two finale is here. Um, <laughs> and I personally have some mixed feelings on the episode as a whole. Everyone seems to absolutely love it. Um, we will be going into massive spoiler territory with this episode. But yeah, Ben Roy, what were your thoughts overall? Uh, spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Too late now. I thought it was excellent. Um, the, like, some of the only things I could uh, gripe with is maybe it's like, oh, you know what, sometimes I, I, I could, this was the, one of the longest episodes of the season, right? But sometimes you're like, oh, maybe we could just had like say, maybe five more minutes. But no, overall, I thought it was nothing perfect. But I thought as the Mandalorian goes, and as the Mandalorian is entering this sort of like new era of raising the stakes, as we, we would say, mm-hmm. I think it was one of the better episodes they've ever done. And I think they have sort of like, if this is, this is like, the, I think this is one of the benchmarks going forward, the same with like the Ahsoka episode of like how you can fit Star Wars into a 40-ish minute time slot and how you can bring this galaxy far, far away with the great expanse that we saw on the giant screens as we've all been mm-hmm. kids and grown into adults into that sort of like, well, small screen. Like we, this, if you've got a big TV, then fine, you've got a big TV. But I think it was... I just think it was great, you and I. I um, I'm just going to throw it back to you because I'm just going to go. The Star Wars was good, and I don't yes. want to just spoil it just yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think overall, I, I really, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was really good, and I thought even though you know there were certain decisions that didn't really vibe with me, there was just more the execution in certain parts that didn't really you know, kind of gel. Um, I think as a whole, I'm probably just not vibing with Peyton Reed's direction. Direction. Um, yeah. I. I think, you know, we can agree that the uh, chapter 10 was the weakest episode of the season so far, which is obviously, you know, a little invention that he did. Um, and then this time around, I think I've, I've come to the conclusion now that I'm just not a fan of Star Wars when it's just men in corridors blasting each other kind of casually. The action kind of gets a little bit repetitive to me and then I kind of zone out or whatever, which is, you know, just my was, own kind of thing. Yeah, I mean... Um, I've- I can get that. It's, it's, it's weird because at the same time, I, I like the space corridors. I don't know. It's mm. weird. Like, because 
ships it's, it's hard it's a hard one isn't it really because yeah. the, i don't think there will be a better place for a, like a sort of a finale to be set than like mm-hmm. a base mm-hmm. and um at least it didn't look like a student film, partly. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the chapter. The, one of the other chapters. Uh, not, not, not to shoot shade, but they just, I think the location there sort of spoiled for me. But mm-hmm. no, I, I um, for me, I think the big shock was that we lost no one. Mm-hmm. That I thought, um, I thought, you know, we might lose one key member. I think like, I, I, look, you, you, they're never going like, to do a Boba Fett just like that, right? But at that one point when Boba was about to be left on his own, I was like, oh, well, Boba's on his own, on his own ship. They can't blow up the slave one. I was like, no. <laughs> Are they going to blow up that toy and all that merchandise? And of mm. course they're not. Um, yeah, but I, I think they did the best they could with it. And can I just say the Dark Troopers, I'm glad, mm-hmm. pardon me, as soon as they got, when they, yeah, it's been a long night. Uh, <laughs> when they, um, when they were sucked into space, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just jumping forward here. Like I was like, well, they're, they're droids. They don't die in space. <laughs> they came back and they came back in sort of like um, a Cyberman-esque sort of invincibility and grabbing, <laughs> grabbing Din and just ruining Oh my him. God, man. That gone. guy, he has a concussion now, I swear. <laughs> the amount of times he got bonked against the wall, I was very concerned. But yeah, I mean, I think there are lots of things to talk about. You know, um, we have that... The, there were a few things I don't. I don't want this me this this to just be me complaining ruin about Star things. Wars. You're ruining that. But I I do want to ask for your opinion on certain characters because I think okay. the main takeaway for me uh, and why the episode has left me kind of with a little bit of a bittersweet taste. There is there are two things. Well, three things. Uh, there's the the action kind of didn't do it for me all the time. I think there are some great creative sequences in there, like you have you know to mention the the fight between Din Djarin and uh, the Dark Troopers. Obviously, the, you also have the duel with with Gideon and um, Din Djarin, which I love because both of those characters are unfamiliar with those weapons. You can tell it's a duel of inexperienced, you know, not as um. Yeah, not, not inexperienced warriors, but in the sense that they haven't mastered either weapon, which I thought was a refreshing kind of change of pace compared to what we've seen, you know, when Star Wars duels tend to happen, it's either with two experienced people or maybe one less experienced and the other more so. So to see them both kind of out of their element, kind of really scrapping and going for it, I thought that was really cool. And obviously, you know, you have the big Rogue One moment involving who else? Luke Skywalker later on, which is also cool. But I think in terms of stuff that... Um, just didn't really kind of gel with me. There was the the, the corridor shooting stuff. Um, Bo-Katan's characterization really kind of confused me here. Um, and I think I think in the context of the Mandalorian, it makes sense because you have that tension there. I like the idea of having tension. You know, really emphasizing the factional kind of elements of the different Mandalorian groups and clans and factions or whatever. Um, but it did not make sense to me at all how Bo-Katan came off in this episode. You know, she has that whole thing where she's basically, you know, insulting Boba because he's a clone, forgetting the fact that, you know, it was clones who helped liberate Mandalore in the first place. You know, she fought alongside Ahsoka Tano um, and the clone and army of the Republic to take back Mandalore. So that felt like a, a weird moment for me. I thought she'd have more reverence for clone troopers. And I know she kind of sees Boba and Django. She'll, she'll be familiar with Django from the Clone Wars anyway, given, you know, what Django got up to before then, which we still don't know for much in detail. But that kind of annoyed me. But also the... Um, the, the exchange involving the Darksaber, um, because anyone who's watched Star Wars Rebels will know that Bo-Katan did not win the Darksaber by defeating someone in combat. Um, Darth Maul died, uh, and obviously, you know, Ezra took the Darksaber um, from his lair, 
Um, then the Darksaber was given to Sabine. She then gave it to Kanan because she wasn't ready for it. And then she goes to Mandalore to try and unite her people once she's accepted her destiny that she can use the Darksaber. Um, loses it to Gar Saxon in a fight and then defeats Gar Saxon using Ezra's lightsaber, but then decides that she doesn't have the response. She doesn't feel like she's prepared to take control of Mandalore. So then she goes to Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan at first is like, well, no, I haven't earned that weapon. And then Sabine's like, yeah, but you're better at leading things than me. And then she's like, okay, I'll take the Darksaber now. And then we have this whole exchange here at the end where she's like, oh no, I have to fight you to get it. When we already have seen in the past that she was just happy to accept it before. And I totally, I totally get that decades of fighting war will probably change you. And there is the implication here that maybe Lady Bo has been corrupted by the power of the Darksaber. You know, it's not just a case of wanting to unite Mandalore. There is maybe an element of power hungriness there, which is kind of certainly um, broadcast. But on the whole, I thought her characterization um, was a little bit weird to be this episode. So I am on the opinion of that maybe just enough time has passed and things have ha like happened in the galaxy to change her views on this. And she, I feel like, uh, if I was to be in the head of Bo-Katan, like maybe she feels as if she's got to earn the saber to finally take Mandalore back and bring it to some sort of like steadiness once more. That'd be my sort of like reaching thoughts onto it until we hear more from the character in any sort of aspect where it'd be like book another show or whatever like sort of thing like, i think it's down i think it's down to that and also it's nice i thought it was nice to have someone shoot shade on boba fett like because mm. I, don't, I don't know how much she knows about him as a, as what he's ever done throughout the galaxy but he did screw up a lot of things you know like he mm. wasn't the, the the best and yeah i again i i think it's i think it was weird to bring some sort of like conflict to this late into the season but I feel like everyone got on a bit too easily throughout the whole the whole of the show just to get things forward. So I liked to have that there if that makes sense as well. Like mm -hmm. and if she like I, I does she know that Boba Fett is uh like uh, just a, a clone but not enhanced agent or anything like that or yeah, yeah, well, I think, you know, she, she uses it as a, just a way of insulting him, you know, being like, oh, you're not really Jango Fett's son. And even then, Jango Fett, we didn't consider him a true Mandalorian, whatever. But it's weird because she does accept Din Djarin. You know, Jango Fett was a foundling and yeah. Din Djarin was a foundling. And she's happy, you know, to accept Din's Mandalorian status, even though he was a member of the Watch, Children of the Watch. Um, but is less so inclined to do the same with Boba. And that might be because, you know, Boba assisted the Empire uh, during, you know, the Galactic Civil War, but we don't know. There was so much, you know, left, you know, the, the, thing, the frustrating thing here is I could totally buy her saying, oh, you're not a Mandalorian because you helped the Empire for so long. But I it's think... not that, it's, it's you're a clone. Uh, and that, that felt just really off to me. I think it's because the clones, like it's a, I'm trying to remember the name of the Twi'lek planet. Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, Ryloth. Yeah, Ryloth was liberated by the clones, right? And then instantly switched into Imperial rule pretty much. They went from their saviors to like destroying them and putting them under sort of like cruelty. Same with Kashyyyk, where Kashyyyk mm. like got a, at the last minute, ha, actually you're our prisoners now. So, but it, Same it was, with Mandalore. Yeah, so <laughs> I think that's why that clones helped her save her plan, but then it was such a mm. quick psh, turn yeah. that I think that even if the clones themselves helped, they then also helped to sort of destroy everything. They not yeah, destroy everything, but sort of like, like basically it was like, Oh, we won. Oh, wait, we've not that sort of thing, you know. What I mean, so like it was one of those where they were turned on at the end, and even if it wasn't the individual clones' fault, 
Clones is, I don't know if that's even a word. But um, <laughs> Clones' it, fault, yeah. It, it led to the, the rise of the Empire and their quick sort of like uh, uh, capture of certain key systems. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, a, that, that, that's a fair explanation. I definitely think so. You know, we've not really learned much about, you know, seeing the clones as the enforcers of the Empire. We'll, we'll get more of that in the Bad Batch, which will be coming out next year. I mean, what did you think of the whole stuff involving the Darksaber and her reaction to that as well? I, lo- I loved, just like facial expressions, just le- for, especially for people that might not have never seen this before, like mm. it instantly puts down what the Darksaber, like this, is, this isn't just another lightsaber. This mm. is something that is key and important. And um, was, it, was it Boba Fett that said it wasn't the, the weapon, it was the reputation of it? Someone said that in the episode as well, which also just hams down that this is, Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the dark type of stuff, it, just, it looked important at the end of the first season right because it's just like cool and now you know it's also really cool but also it's so important to keep things and like it's almost like this whole you could have you could name a whole arc of the the dark saber arc and you could just probably just watch that in stuff within star wars and be totally satisfied with star wars if you didn't watch that mm-hmm. i don't know if that's reaching for me here but and it's been used as it's just weird like it's so it's because it's because it's basically almost an anti-saber where it's black in the middle and stuff it just looks so menacing and especially wielded in the hands of like moff gideon and even the untrained hands it just and the sound of it everything about it i I thought it's handled as good as i could imagine really yeah yeah i mean for me it's it's literally just the case of like I, i find the whole um the, 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 the weird thing for me is that we're getting to a point now where so many different facets of Star Wars media, you know, are integrating and the Mandalorian season two exemplifies that in the sense that, you know, you have Ahsoka, you have Bo-Katan, you have the Darksaber, you have all this, but then yeah. they go against a thing that they established in Rebels with the whole, I need to be, and I guess maybe, you know, there's an element of um, embarrassment for Bo-Katan there, you know, cause she never actually dueled someone to get the saber back. And I guess, you know, if, if she lost it to Gideon fair and square, which again, we don't know, then maybe that's why she needs to get it back. Um, but it, it definitely felt a little bit weird for me. Uh, I'll probably I be in the minority s- here because like, I, I don't know, not everyone who's watched, you know, well, Mandalorian season two will have seen Rebels, but it definitely struck me as an odd moment. I can see why I think it's weird because I still think it's weird that Boba Fett is just a nice person. Like, I'm <laughs> still trying to, like, I'm still waiting. I was waiting for the double cross all the way through. Like, we've not seen anything between that would make, like, we've not seen the thing that would make Boba Fett go, you know what, I'm going to be all right now sort of thing. It just, it just kind of happened in this show. Mm-hmm. And I want to see more into that. Like, so I feel like that's that's my sort of like I'm going to ruin it moment as well because I still don't know why <laughs> Boba Fett was such a nice person. Yeah, I mean, we can move on to a moment that we'll probably all agree on was really cool, and that is Luke Skywalker's return. Now, uh, when when uh, <laughs> when Grogu went to the monitor, and when we saw the X-wing fly by, I was like, oh, is this going to be Trapper Wolf or um, the other the other X-wing pilot who gave the medal to Kara a few chapters ago? I've completely forgotten their name. Um, is it going to be him? And then we see Grogu, you know, kind of touch the screen, and then instantly it's like, oh no, this is obviously Luke because no no other Jedi is flying an X-wing, right? No other Jedi. Yeah is doing that uh and then he arrives and i kind of thought the lightsaber effects were a little bit weird i don't know if you kind of thought they looked a little bit off in places uh, again i'm being very nitpicky it, and gripey here but yeah. it definitely looks different to the return of the jedi green yeah i i, I, I just fine for me to yeah, yeah. they did with it or something 
yeah, but we get to see him, you know, cut down all the dark troopers who, you know, come back onto onto the white cruiser, which is really cool. Seeing Luke Skywalker in that era in action is yeah. pretty sweet. Um, and, you know, again, we have that moment where they basically just, you know, <laughs> a very direct homage to Rogue One where, you know, Vader <laughs> massacres the rebel troops in, in that film. We have that, except Luke takes down some um, inorganic <laughs> stormtrooper droids, uh, which is really cool. You know, he gets lots of cool moments in there in terms of like the choreography. And then he steps out of the shadows and, you know, we have the whole big reveal where it's CGI um, Mark Hamill. Um, where he talks about, you know, wanting to train Grogu and how he needs to be trained. And yeah, how do you feel about Luke's appearance overall? Uh, well, uh, I, I sat there and I, was like, I said to myself, are they, are they going to do this? <laughs> and then as you see the X-Men, like, that, that's Luke. And then he gets out and then... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, it's just... I, I again, I, I can't, can't. I don't want to sound like some sort of like fanatic fan who's like <laughs> Star Wars is good, but I would, I wouldn't have done it any. The only, the the, the thing of the sequence I would have might changed is like the, the our heroes in the main uh, room fighting some of the dark troopers and actually being a bit more like beaten down as Luke comes in and saves them rather than just a closed door, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the whole Luke stuff, I think it suited well because. Oh, not only did I get Rogue One vibes, I got Luke entering Jabba's palace vibes, where he's sort of hood up, barely sort of like he's not really exerting much. He's at almost at the peak of his power at this point, would you say? Mm-hmm. And he's just these. When we've seen these dark troopers are literally Terminators, and they can just melt anyone they get in contact with, and then they get destroyed so easily by Luke. I think it helps to really emphasize Luke as sort of like the the chosen chosen one sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, that's cool. I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and the face. I thought for a second, are they going to use someone else? But they went with the face of Mark Hamill, and I thought that it was actually, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it's always <laughs> going to be an uncanny value because, like, wait, but I know Mark Hamill's really old, sort mm-hmm. of thing. But yeah, I, I thought it was handled as well as it could, and they did a good job for sort of obscuring his face for as much as possible. 
yeah, I did think the creative shot with R2 and Grogu on the floor where you just see <laughs> Luke below, below the neck, I thought that was quite clever. But yeah, I, again, I'm always going to be excited to see Luke Skywalker in any kind of Star Wars thing. Um, but I do have a question for you in regards to Ooh. Grogu's fate um, and, you know, Din saying goodbye. And I'm kind of really torn on this because... Um, I kind of thought that the, you know, the emotional core of the Mandalorian is about Din and the child, you know, it's about their journey together and we see them both develop over the course of the season. Um, and I thought there was a clear trajectory going on with this arc right now where, you know, Din realizes what it means to be a Mandalorian and, you know, he takes on Grogu to, you know, be his part of his clan or whatever. And that's kind of where it goes. Um, but in the most recent couple of chapters we had, you know, since the Ahsoka chapter, really, where we had this whole thing with Grogu in terms of, you know, um, he needs to be trained by a Jedi. Uh, he's too attached to Din. Uh, and then, you know, obviously that leads to him in this episode letting go of Din and understanding, you know, if he's a Jedi, he has to do that. But it, yeah. it, it's, it's weird for me because this kind of is at odds with like the more modern interpretation of Star Wars we've gotten here. And it lends a kind of dour note to things for me and a tragic note of things to me when, you know, you bear in mind the event, events of the sequels. Not just because, you know, Luke's temple gets massacred um, by whatever the, the explanation is now in the comics, whether it was, you know, Kylo Ren or Snoke or Palpatine bringing lightning down the temple. You know, Kylo does um, eventually kill some of Luke's students. Um, it, the, the, the thing that, that is kind of sad to me about it is that it feels as though Luke's kind of already repeating the same mistakes as the Jedi of old. You know, he's just taken this 50-year-old baby uh, who's formed an attachment to Din uh, and it's now going off to train him. And obviously, you know, add that to the stuff we know about the temple being absolutely ruined and everyone yeah. getting murked. Um, it, it felt weirdly like a triumphant moment in, in here. And I think, you know, the, I think it is intentionally bittersweet. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's being completely ignorant of what happens in the sequels, but it was also, it felt like a little bit too happy like oh we're seeing cute little Grogu being taken away now and I was just kind of like okay cool you've done it I didn't think you'd do it but also just kind of like oh okay <laughs> what's gonna happen to him next I it's weird because I think like Grogu is basically gonna be the few like we know how long the species whatever the species is called lives like uh, was it 800, 900 years, Yoda? Yeah, when 900 years, you, you yeah. reach, look as good, you will not. <laughs> you, you're thinking like Star Wars films going onwards is going to have, like when Grogu can finally speak, like Grogu is going to be, I think, around in Star Wars media whenever we go past uh, Rise of Skywalker for a, a, like a long time sort of thing. I think Grogu is going to be sort of the new sort of like, not anchor point, but Grogu is going to be around. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, I it's it's weird this Luke thing because like they're gonna they're gonna do their forced little chats in their minds right, and they're gonna find out certain things, and I I think we'll eventually just go oh, Grogu like Grogu was just over here because Grogu didn't exist when the sequel trilogy was being made. He's already survived one massacre, mate. We can't. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to put put up with two. It's it's maybe he goes and lives with Frog Lady and mm. eats all of her children, but I I, I think it was. I think it was the right choice to get rid of Grogu now and move on without Grogu for a bit. I think maybe they would be smarter to film one season just in case there's a lot of backlash to no Grogu and they go, oh, Grogu's back. Mm. But um, I, I think the next, I mean, it's obvious, right? The next few seasons, or how many more, are going to focus on uh, Mandalore, Mandalore and right? Darksaber yeah, and stuff, yeah. And we didn't, and um, big thing, we didn't lose Moff Gideon. Like, 
yeah, I had, I had, a, I have a few questions about Gideon here, yes. uh, and in relation to the overall scheme involving Grogu, and you know where it was heading, because. Um, I, I, again, I might just have my bearings lost here, but I seem to recall at the end of um, chapter... What chapter were we on this week? I've completely forgotten which chapter number this is. Chapter 16. So chapter 14, at the end of that, you know, we have um, Gideon on the bridge saying, tell Dr. Pershing the as we have the asset. Uh, and they were traveling somewhere or something. Uh, yeah. And then obviously at the beginning of this episode, they take Pershing. Um, but then um, when Din and... Gideon have their conversation and I thought again it's one of my favorite scenes in, in the entire episode because I like how Din is just like I don't care about that dark saber I just I just want my kid like give me my kid back yeah. I, I enjoyed that um but you know Gideon's there saying oh I have what I need I have the blood I have uh, you know he's going to bring stability back to the galaxy or whatever uh and then in that moment I was like oh he's clearly bluffing here he's clearly bluffing because you know he's going to use the moment of weakness then double cross in and of course he does but then at the end um he goes to shoot Grogu and in my head I'm like is this is this a spiteful mood from you or do you actually have what you need in which case what was the point of Pershing beforehand I'm just kind of a little bit like it feels a little bit um, loosey goosey at the minute. I, th I think he was bending the truth a bit, and he's he. Yeah. You saw how he went to kill himself. He's well. If I can't do this, then screw all of you. I think it was literally like, well, screw you all. Then bam, I'm going to kill the baby and try and do my. I think it was literally sort of that sort of like, uh, you know, I've got a cyanide pill and my molar sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to do do us all in sort of thing. I think it was, yeah, it was. Um, when he was like, oh, you take this kid. And I was glad that he obviously um, struck, went to attack Din because I wouldn't want, I don't want a, a sort of like a nice, happy go. I'm a good guy now from Moff Gideon. I want him to remain yeah. a sinister evil prick for the whole thing until he's eventually killed. But yeah, I think it was pretty much, well, if I can't have this, then screw you all. Like, if there was a blow the ship up button near him, he would have pressed that sort of thing, I think, at this point. He was just like, oh, well, I've lost now. Screw it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'm looking forward to potentially seeing him take on like a Hannibal Lecter-esque role going forward, maybe. He's just <laughs> there coming down. Like, uh, I, I think that'll be quite funny. But yeah, well, um, considering that the post credit scene had, <laughs> was so big, I feel as though we should devote the last 10 minutes of the podcast to that. Um, or the last five minutes, rather. Um, yeah, so obviously, you know, at the end of the episode, we get the credits and then we flash forward and we have a nice little kind of recreation of Leia's entrance in Return of the Jedi where she goes down Jabba's palace. Only this time we have big old Bib Fortuna in Jabba's throne room. Uh, and, you know, Fennec comes in, kills a few of the Gamma Rayan guards, uh, frees the Toilet uh, dancer, and then Boba comes in and Bib Fortuna's like, hey, Boba! And then Boba just completely kills him. We get the great theme from Ludwig Garrison, which is like one of the coolest themes that the Mandalorian has at the moment. And then he just plonks himself on the throne um, with Fennec swigging some Star Wars juice in the background. Um, and then we get, you know, a nice little fade to black where it's like, um, you know, the book of Boba Fett and then coming December 2021. Um, I have two questions there. Is this the rumored Boba Fett spinoff or is this literally, you know, I was talking to Joe before we came on to this, Joe, who edits a lot of the, the Star Wars videos. He was saying that um, it could just be a case now that the Mandalorian is like an anthology series and each two seasons will focus on a different Mandalorian. And so the book of Din Djarin is now closed. Now we move on to the book of Boba Fett. And is, you know, is Boba, Boba the Hutt? Is that, is that what's happening right now as well? I, I don't know. 
I think uh, they're going to do the Mandalorian season three, and I think mm-hmm. the Book of Boba Fett is going to be a separate little series. Okay. That's what I uh, simply. I don't think they would abandon like the 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 branding of the Mandalorian. I think they're going to carry on in one direction with Din Djarin being the the sole head of that show. Uh, but the book when they, I think that was literally the announcement of the Boba Fett series that we've been waiting for since. Wait a minute, since I was in. Um, year eight in school <laughs> or since since revenge of the sith came out you know 2003 mm. whenever that was you know i think this is the both fit series we probably we are limited series like the kenobi one but i mm-hmm. think this was an excellent way to actually announce some of that is have at the end of an episode and reward people for watching the episode yeah i i think it was i think it's the announcement of a show i don't think i, I it would be nice it would be nice to be like the next series of the mandalorian is the boba fett series but I don't think that's how it's going. I think yeah, you might yeah. not get Mandalorian next year because mm-hmm. of um, the global bastard, but maybe maybe we've already got the Boba Fett stuff in the can. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd probably assume so. You know, they, they filmed all these things back to back. I would imagine they would have been filming. I think I think Deadline's report said that they had already been filming the Boba Fett one. I can't recall if it's already you know got a release date of December. That implies that it has been well on its way through production. So I'm just going to go yeah. ahead and assume so. And, uh, yeah. And they, it's like, I mean, this, this isn't something they have to stick to because Disney Plus is their own thing, right? But mm-hmm. again, again, as you said, if they said December 2021, then it's probably going to be, probably getting Boba Fett in December 2021. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. What, do you, what are you expecting from this season? Because, you know, I, I, you've mentioned here that, you know, we've had a lot of good guy Boba Fett. Um, this but, was like know, the Boba Fett I wanted to see when he just mur- <laughs> Bib. Also, was it ever confirmed that Bib Fortuna survived Return of the Jedi? Nope, never. So there you go. Bib, yeah, Bib Fortuna the Hut. The Bib, Bib the Hut, Bib the Hut, or or Fortuna the Bib. I don't know. The Bib, <laughs> the Bib man, just sitting on his big chair, just like yeah. oh, oh, oh. But yeah, How- this, is it? Is this Boba going to become a crime lord now? Is is like I, I have other questions as well. You know, talk about why didn't he do all this? you know, decade, like a decade ago when like he could have, you know, come out the Sarlacc, but I guess he needed his armor back to do it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's all very, um, it's interesting. I think, I think we have to sort of like give it a bit of leeway because of, again, like, like just because time has passed, right? Because we would have had more Luke stuff if young Luke, if, you know, if they decided to do Star Wars, it's just how tight, like, it's weird. Like, but at least we're at least we're getting sank, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe he's going to reorganize the bounty hunters guild inside. Maybe it's going to mm-hmm. be more legitimized, or maybe he goes proper in, proper in and be ruthless. Who knows? Maybe maybe we finally get the return of Dengar. Hey, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to call this series the Bob Father because it's going to be about a crime family and it's going to have Boba Fett at the center. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I, I, really I, I think it's gonna be uh more of a pure bounty hunter thing that we didn't see that we thought we were gonna see with the mandalorian but then the mandalorian turned out to be a stealth like hey this is actually gonna be very important sort of thing mm-hmm. so yeah uh, i think you're probably gonna get more of Man- mando vibes from this bubble thing that we get 
cool. Yeah, uh, let us know what you thought of the Mandalorian season two finale down in the comments below. Were you a huge fan or are you weird like me? Let me know in the comments below. And also reach out to us on social media. You can find What Culture Star Wars on YouTube. If you're already watching it through video, you'll be there already. Please subscribe because it's a great time. We've got loads of cool Star Wars content planned in 2021. And also be sure to head back on over to whatculture.com for more written content, which you can enjoy there. Um, if you want to follow more of me, you can do at you in ruins things on twitter and you can follow ben roy on twitter at at ben Rotella. and we will see you next time bye goodbye there goodbye there mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.